Please join me for a word of prayer. God, take my words and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our will, set them on fire for love of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Good morning, or good afternoon. Sorry, old habits die hard. Good afternoon. Welcome to Christ the King, especially any of you who may be a guest uh, of Ravi coming from different parts of the world or different parts of this city. Uh, when Robbie was ordained to the diaconate, both my wife Jennifer and I were just uh, impressed. What, what left an impression upon us was that there were so many people that came to celebrate and really affirm this step in your life. Uh, so people from Epiphany, the church which you served for, I don't know, five, six years. Place where you volunteer, Museum of the Bible. Uh, friends and family from your home. I imagine if we were just a little bit closer, there would have been plenty coming from Haiti as well. And that just strikes me as appropriate because one of the things we're doing here, I think the primary thing we're doing is the church is recognizing you uh, and the fact that so many people from so many circles of life have come to really affirm uh, what we're about to do today. I hope, you, I hope that's not lost on you. So in an ordination service, uh, typically the, the, the preacher addresses the ordinand, and everyone else gets to listen in uh, to what the preacher has for the ordinand. So with that in mind, Robbie, and the rest of you, if you would like, let's turn to First Peter chapter 5. It's this little passage we read in which the apostle Peter, as an elder in the church, exhorts the fellow elders towards a few principles and practices. And for this afternoon, and for your ordination, I just want to draw out two, two important principles. What I see is two pillars of pastoral ministry. And I will readily admit, I will readily admit that neither of these pillars uh, are very creative. Uh, they both are pretty obvious. But just as someone has observed that common sense is not so common after all, some of these obvious pillars of pastoral ministry are, unfortunately, sometimes the exception rather than the rule. So let me just draw out two pillars of pastoral ministry. And there's one word that is central to each of these pillars, and that word is proximity. Proximity, nearness or closeness. That's the one word that will unite these two principles. Let's start with 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. Now here the Apostle Peter is identifying himself in his, as an elder, and let's look at what he says. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and as a witness to the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. So those are the three things that he says about himself. He identifies himself as a shepherd, or an elder. He identifies himself as a witness to Christ, and he identifies himself as one who knows the glory which is to come. He knows who he is, he knows what he believes, he's witness to it, and he knows where he is headed. And I think there's one quality about Peter that informs these three things, and that quality is his proximity to Jesus Christ. Let me explain. How did, how did Peter know that he was an elder? What gave him that insight into his calling? Well, that's an easy question to answer. Jesus himself told Peter three times, 
by the seaside. Feed my sheep, thereby placing Peter in the role of elder. That, of course, is in the closing chapters of John. Peter, the witness to the sufferings of Christ. How was Peter? Why was Peter a witness to the sufferings of Christ? Why? Because of his proximity. He was there. Yes, he stumbled. Yes, his witness to Christ was also a painful memory. But Peter, more than any other disciple, was a witness to the sufferings of Christ. Why? Because proximity. He was near Jesus. Third, he was assured of where he was going. He was assured of the glory to come. He was assured of the glory that is going to be revealed. Again, why? Well, Peter, as you may know, was the first to the tomb on that Easter morning, the first to see the grave clothes folded, first to encounter the resurrection, and there, by inference, the first to be convinced of the power of the resurrection for him. Why? Because he was near Jesus. I just want you to observe this obvious trait of pastoral ministry. The quality behind these three characteristics is his proximity to Jesus. And Robbie, the same applies to you. Your qualification as an elder is the same as Peter's. Through your nearness to Jesus, you're a witness to him, to his goodness, to his passion, to his death, to his resurrection the assurance of your calling, the hope for which it is to come, the hope to be revealed, these are all dependent upon one, one thing, one thing only, and that is your proximity to Jesus Christ. Peter was near him physically. He saw him. He heard him. He touched him. Your nearness, of course, will not be the same. Your nearness will instead be an interior nearness, a nearness to Jesus which is fostered by study and prayer, worship and fasting. And it is your interior proximity to Jesus Christ which qualifies you more, uh, more than anything else for leadership in this church. And your proximity to Jesus will assure you of your calling, empower your ministry, and sustain you through the difficult times more than anything else. Now you know as well as I that our landscape is full of leaders, pastoral and otherwise, who have burned out, faded out, or otherwise imploded. And there are obvious, there are many reasons for this sad ending. But I imagine that one reason among the many reasons is simply a neglect of our interior nearness to the Lord. Knowing Jesus, following Jesus, trusting in Jesus, all these things that roll so easily off our tongues become something simply that we say rather than simply something we pursue. So, Robbie, as an elder in the church, I exhort you like Peter <laughs> exhorted these elders here, study your Bible every day. Say your prayers every day. Worship and fast regularly to seek the Lord. Draw near to Jesus so that with the same quiet confidence we see from Peter, you can affirm your own calling, affirm God's goodness, and affirm the hope which is to come. So that is the first principle, the essential principle of pastoral ministry. It is your proximity to Jesus. 
Second principle, and employs the same word. First, proximity to Jesus. Second, proximity to the people. Shepherd the flock of God, we read in verse 2. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Now those two words, those two phrases, they inform one another. Shepherd the flock, exercise oversight. Shepherding involves oversight. Oversight involves shepherding. Now, I made a little discovery in my preparation that I thought was interesting. This word oversight, I found a little discovery. It's from my Greek dictionary, so bear with me. I only get to pull it out every once in a while, so this is one occasion. The word oversight is from the Greek word episkopos. That's from which we get the word episcopal, which, of course, refers to the system of governance, a system that employs overseers, bishops. Now, interestingly, I discovered that this word episkopos has a couple of close cognates and a couple of close related meanings, one of which is simply to watch over, to guard, correct, and protect, like the word overseer would naturally imply. Yet the other term is, carries the connotation of visitation. So, for instance, in 1 Peter chapter 2, the apostle says, the day of the Lord's visitation. And that word visitation is this word episcopace. Now, that's interesting. Oversight, visitation. You can see how those two are a little bit related. But one, oversight, has a little bit of hierarchy. hierarchy, hierarchy. I think you know what I'm trying to say. Implied. In other words, overseer implies I'm up here and you're down there. I just want to oversee you. Make sure you're doing everything just so. Make sure you're doing your chores, taking out the trash, reading your Bible. I'm going to oversee you. I don't know about your experience, but I don't know too many people in my life who like to be overseen. And certainly that's not the uh, experience that we have from our our own bishop. He's not the type who leans over to check on glade to see how he's doing, not at all. In fact, his ministry would tend towards the other, that of visitation. Visitation implies presence, to look after, yet uh, while being in their midst. And I think that's the emphasis that I want to draw to your attention. I think the rest of the passage encourages that. Look at verse 3. Not domineering over those in your charge, but by being examples to your flock. And of course, to be an example, a good example is dependent upon our proximity. Near enough to the flock to be seen and heard, to be an example. You've heard me reference, uh, I'm pursuing a degree from Catholic University, and the, uh, uh, the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church, Francis, said something that has stayed with me. He said, we shepherds must know the smell of our sheep. The smell of the sheep. It's not just the sight of the sheep, which you could, I suppose, tell from a distance. Not just the sound of your sheep, which I guess you could hear from a distance, not quite as far, but you could hear from a distance, but the smell of the sheep. And I think the sense of smell is probably the least refined of all of our senses. And therefore, to smell the sheep, you got to be close to the sheep. We must be close to the people we serve. So let me put these two qualifications together. You whose qualification for ministry is that you are a witness to the goodness of the Lord must now be a witness for the Lord. 
primarily by your example. You must be near to Jesus who called you. You must be near to the people to whom you are sent. Every day, you should be in the spiritual presence of Jesus first and in the physical presence of the people to whom you are called second. And it's hard. People are busy, and there are many tasks which take you away from being with people. But it's the best part of the job. I want us to note a little absence, something that's not here in this exhortation, something that the elders are not told to address. I just found this interesting. There's no mention of preaching. There's no mention of teaching. All that good stuff that we got into this business to do, like all those Greek studies that we love to pull out, and I know you love the Museum of the Bible and all the archaeological, and all that is great, and all the studies and all the theological training that goes into this, absolutely. And you know of many other passages, which of course affirm the role of teaching and preaching as being inherent within the pastoral ministry. You simply note that emphasis is not in this passage. And that may be helpful. I think that all preachers, myself included, have a tendency to overestimate the effectiveness of the profundity of their verbosity. I spent a lot of time crafting that sentence. Can I read it again? <laughs> we have a tendency to overestimate the effectiveness of the profundity of our verbosity and to underestimate the importance of our presence. So what stands out to me in this passage is being fundamental to the, to the pastoral calling, more fundamental than any administrative skill or any expertise in teaching or preaching, are these two fundamental pillars These two fundamental pillars to be near Christ and to be near his people. If we don't do these things, we'll simply be a guest lecturer and not a pastor who knows Jesus and knows and people, knows his people. And we'll lead as if we were just leading an organization, not the people of God. So there they are, the two fundamental pillars of pastoral ministry. We must be present to Christ, we must be present to those to whom he has sent us. Two final notes, I simply want to affirm the presence of these two pillars in your life. I think from day one, you, I and any of you who have worked with you or any of you, any of you who have been in contact with you would affirm that both these pillars are present in you. Jesus is not an idea to you, he is your friend. And many of us have seen evidence of this proximity to Jesus over the years we have known you. Secondly, you have exhibited nearness and proximity to the people of God. You have a natural friendliness and fondness for the people, and it's hard to miss. So an affirmation of you, and finally an affirmation of this job, this simple description of being with Christ and then being with his people, it's the best part. The best part is not up here. And the best part of the job is down there. And as an elder in the church, you'll have that rare privilege, not afforded to many, to be able to enter a home or enter a hospital room, 
enter the tender places of another person's life and in some small way, by your presence, communicate something of the presence of Christ. And there's really just no better job. So, let me conclude. Robbie, I exhort you, just like Peter exhorted these elders, I exhort you to remember these two pillars. Be in the spiritual presence of Jesus Christ who has called you. Then be in the physical presence of his church to whom you are sent. Amen.